The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics a lot to talk about we're just gonna jump right into it so uh before we get into the meat and potatoes of it you know i i, I was kind of lamenting on uh on facebook earlier uh one of my friends i grew up with uh back in long island his wife was on facebook and she said that uh, she they live in georgia and she said that uh her 15 year old daughter got called the n-word by some guy older than her like she's old, she's only 15 and she said the guy who called it that was probably maybe like in his early 20s, you know. And I, it, it kind of made me lament a bit, you know. I mean, where I grew up in Long Island wasn't like some perfect, you know, perfect little village. You know what I mean? We we had all we had racists in our town. It wasn't. It, it's not like you know, we're, like we were unlike any place else. But at least to my memory, the racists were the anomalies. They were the outcasts, you know. Now the racist of the president, you know, and his racism is a it's a feature. It's not a bug. You understand? And people like him, they empower other races. You know, they come out of the woodwork. You know, people who were normal, who used to be hidden now they're out and about. They're all over the place. You know. Before we jump into meat and potatoes, I want to talk about Amy Cooper real quick. Probably going to talk about it a lot more on Saturday when we have the full crew. You know. But Amy Cooper was basically, uh, it was a video. Now, when I saw it, I, now what makes it confusing is that all people involved, all their last names are Cooper. <laughs> but Amy Cooper was a white woman in, in, uh, in Central Park in New York in a section called the, uh, I think called the, uh, the Bramble. And there are signs all over the place where you need to keep your dog on a leash. And she had a dog and the dog, she was walking the dog off the leash. So a gentleman named Christian Cooper asked her to put her dog on the leash. And she flipped out and basically told him that she was going to call the cops on him. Well, first she got mad at him because he was taping her, right? And uh, she got in his face a little bit. And then she said she was going to call the cops and tell them that an African-American man is threatening her life, right? And then um, she actually called the cops and pretended like she was crying and, you know, said an African-American is threatening her and her dog, you know, when he was doing no such thing. All he did was ask her to put her dog on a leash, you know. So the cops showed up. They basically, they, uh, they were like, well, there's no wrongdoing here, so we're just going to drop it. And um, actually, since then, the video went viral because... Uh, I think Christian Cooper put it on his Twitter feed and then his sister, that's where I saw it, uh, Melody Cooper, put it on her Twitter feed. So at least as of a couple of days ago, that video was viewed nearly 10 million times. So the woman since then has been, uh, I had heard administrative leave in the article I'm reading now, but I'd heard that she would actually been let go. 
by the investment firm that she worked for. And they even, uh, in that in that video, she was like trying to make a phone call. She was manhandling her dog. I don't think she was doing it on purpose, but she almost strangled the poor thing, trying to get it back on its leash. And then the shelter that she got the dog from took the dog back. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that, but you know, they, they claim that, that she voluntarily surrendered the dog. They probably just asked for it back, you know. She was now, strangling the shit out of that dog when she was talking to that man. He, she was yoking that motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my thing is this, Blue. She proved me wrong. And I'm not going to say wrong. It, it kind of hit me in a, in a bit of a blind spot. And I mentioned this more than once. I have uh, friends who are not black. And they basically were explaining to their friends who are also not black about white privilege. Oh, what'd you just say? What? You you got friends that ain't black? What? I got friends that ain't black? No, shut up. Yeah, it's true. Really? Tell me how you you did it. I don't know. I just just seen them on the street. I was like, you want to be best friends? And they were like, yeah, sure. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. So well, I when your kids, a, I never had a white friend. That's crazy. When your kids, it's easy. Nobody really pays attention to that sort of stuff. When your kids, oh, I grew up in the rural South. Yeah, we didn't, they didn't play that shit. Blacks and whites were definitely on two sides of the street. Mm. I would love to have a white friend. Yeah, I, I had the luxury of growing up in a mixed neighborhood. So, but um, he was trying to explain to his friends and co-workers about white privilege and I told him that and this is me being naive that basically it's not something that they can control because it's something that's actually like done to you like other people giving you the benefit of that over the color of your skin right and it's not something that you actually want so I don't know if this particular person uh this this Karen here as, as she's being called now which is like a, 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 a slang term for uh, demanding white women, is basically, she basically tried to weaponize her privilege. Because if you get on the phone and you tell the cops, hey, a black man's threatening my life, you think the cops gonna show up and be like, hey, what's going on out here? Right, especially in New York. You know, or you think they're gonna come with their, you know, with their clubs and, and guns drawn. Now I know, that may seem like it's being melodramatic. Remember, when, um, God, there's so many of them that, that have died, their names don't, I mean, when I tried to pull one's name, it just all, they all just jumbled together because there's been so many over the last few years. But the young man who got killed playing with his, uh, with the toy gun, uh, that cop jumped out of his car immediately with his gun out and just started shooting. No warnings, no nothing, you know? Tamir Rice, sorry. So she knew that if she called the cops and said that she was in danger, that those cops are gonna come with their weapons drawn. And she knew that. So I, I do not accept her apology because she, she made an apology. I don't, I don't accept her apology at all, you know. Do I think that she deserves to get death threats? Ah, I don't think so. But I mean, maybe now she'll know how it feels because I'll tell you this, I've never been arrested, never been handcuffed by a cop. I don't commit crimes, I'm not a criminal, 
right? Say how it feels. How does it feel? What, to, to never been arrested? Uh, you said now she knows how it feels? Oh, now she knows how it feels. How does it feel? <laughs> you know, because unfortunately, as an African American in in, in the U, in the United States, it's almost like a constant death threat. Now, like I said, my risk is low. I live in a quiet town, you know, so it's not like I live in the south side of Chicago. So for me, saying that might be a bit of hyperbole, but um. If you live in Southside Chicago, if you live in Memphis, if you live in, in New York City, if you live in Los Angeles, if you're from Compton, right? That's a different matter altogether. Because all you gotta do is fit a, fit a description. And next thing you know, uh, the cop could just snuff you out. And now when you have someone like this who's using, who's weaponizing that, I, I can't shed any tears for her. Now she's like, oh my God, my life is ruined. I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't, because she knew what she was doing. It's not like she didn't know she was being. It's not like she didn't know she was being taped. Because she got mad because he was taping her. So, but I, I, I'm like, what are you gonna do? You know, I mean, she's paying the price for it, and I think that's what's supposed to happen in these situations. When you do something like that, you're supposed to pay the price for it. Because what it, I mean, put it and like I, this. And I think that is utter bullshit. I don't think nobody should lose their job because they were racist in that particular type of incident. I don't think nobody should lose their dog because they mishandled him for a couple minutes because she was upset with a black guy. Honestly, if I was in Central Park and somebody ran up on me putting a video camera and they were another color, I probably would react negatively. What the fuck you looking at, ho? What the fuck you looking at, you old cracker ass bitch? I can see myself doing these things. I'm not even mad at her. I don't think nobody should lose their livelihood because they become upset by being confronted by someone of the opposite race that's bullshit and i want her to get her job back i want her to get her life back together i want her to have learned from this lesson but i don't think it should affect her livelihood and and, and pretty i mean it's not like she's never going to work again but the thing is i mean you represent the job where you work i mean put it like this you remember uh ice t when he was in that thrash metal band uh body count and they made that song cop killer dude that was my shit that's the first time i truly embraced hard rock music and my I, sister I, was rocking it for 20 years before because she was all up on Skid Row and Molly Crew and um, Def Leppard and all that. And we used to tease her on our school bus and we heard her so bad and she always felt suicidal because the blacks always teased her because of her musical choices. But we just couldn't dig that because all we could fuck with was R&B, Quiet Storm, and rap. And we just couldn't understand why a black person would want to wear these funky ass punk rock t-shirts and listen to hard rock heavy metal bullshit. You know what I'm saying? But now, as you get older and you appreciate music more, you can understand some of the, why you would listen to it, especially like Skid Row, that had very poignant tales in their rock and roll music, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, um... I, I never liked Skid Row, like Skid Row, like all that hair metal stuff, I, I was more into thrash metal, like Metallica, uh, Megadeth. Um, okay, even Metallica, like that one, the album with the one on it, you know what I'm saying, when the guy was a, yeah. a Vietnam veteran, and woo, if you just really took the time to yeah. listen and look at the visuals, you, you could have a greater appreciation for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to get teased like that, not not like not like that, but I mean, I listen to you hang with white people. 
I hung with some black people too now. <laughs> and they probably was Oreos like I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean we had the, I mean usually when that happened it was all it was all in jest because all my white friends listen to reggae and rap and stuff like that so it was just all it was all in jest but some people do get bullied over stuff like that like if you're not like everybody else you know you do get and some people do get teased pretty hard and it kind of it, it gets to them you know so I could de- I could definitely understand that but I mean I look I look at it like this you know. Well, me and Sin, we used to be in this death metal band before, and we did this movie called um, Angel's Revenge. Remember Angel's Revenge, our top single? <laughs> yes. It was badass. Yeah. But I do remember um, growing up and listening to different, different music than other people and getting picked on. I remember one day, um, someone posted a video, and it was this guy. He was in a car with his friends. He was dropping him off. He was listening to every bit of trap music. And it was like, uh, what happens after... Um, you drop all your black friends off and as soon as he took off he started listening to like like singing at the top of his lungs like his favorite rock song and I was like I remember that being me when I was a teenager like I would listen to all the trap music the Gucci and all that stuff in the car but as soon as they got out because I didn't want to hear their mouths they they weren't really diverse with music I you know put on um, what was it back then um, trying to think of a group um, that I used to listen to I know more recently like groups like Paramore and stuff like that Okay. Yeah, there's so many other ones I used to listen to when I was younger. I just can't think of the names right now. I probably have to scroll back. Like, yeah, that was me. That was me. My playlist. Sitting in the car in the big four. All right, Q, I'll see you later, man. All right, man, we'll see you later. Singing on the fist, loving my whole life. Loving all the beautiful things yeah, that's all yeah. right. Woo! Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say this though. I mean, it's not like she's never gonna find another job. I mean, someone else is gonna hire her. She'll probably get her dog back, you know. But I, I think it should just be a cautionary tale to not weaponize your privilege against somebody else just for telling you, hey, maybe you should read that sign that says that you should have your dog on a leash in that park where you're supposed to have your dog on a leash. She went way too far, you know, but she'll be okay. I mean, it's not like she's going to be living on the streets. Okay, you know what? And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself, one day on New Bern Avenue here in Raleigh, I was going down the street. Apparently, I I must have been texting and driving again, and I accidentally cut somebody off. So they come around me, and they say, they cut me off, fucker, you fucker. Oh, but lo and behold, how things work out. Oh, now we're at the same stop sign. So I get out my car, and I commence to cuss their ass out and commence to be verbally aggressive and threaten to whoop both of their asses. And then maybe I could have been put on a viral video as a therapist for a, a very lucrative company. Boom, I'm out of a job because of a one-time, five-second, ten-second interaction with a member of the opposite race, and I did not act appropriately when I called them every type of cracker and bigot and white redneck, when it wasn't even their fault that they were angry, it was my fault, you know what I'm saying? Well, as, 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 as the gamers would say, the meta has shifted. You know, because now everybody got a camera, you know, everybody's kind of forced to act right. Because if you work for a, a, a large corporation, they don't they don't want that type of representation. So they'll they'll cut you loose in a hurry. So it's not like 20 years ago where you had to. I mean, put it like this. You think Roddy King got recorded on a, on a, 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 a camera phone 
No, somebody actually, it was just a stroke of luck. Somebody just happened to have a, a video See, camera with them. them, them <laughs> giant ones I used to have back in the day the, that had the big ass batteries as big as a damn, I don't know, half a gallon of milk. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That was that was nothing but luck because how, well, how often is somebody gonna be out and about at that time of night with one of those kind of cameras? You know what I'm saying? Right. It was just pure luck that somebody just happened to have a video camera on them like that. Now everybody got a phone in their pocket, a camera in their pocket. You just pull out, you pull out your phone, you hit a button, and you're recording. So the meta has shifted. You gotta you gotta act right in public. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I've never done. I mean, I've, I mean, I don't drive a car, so I've never been cut off like that. But you know, I, I've, you know, stuck my middle finger at somebody who like, you know, who makes me run across the street when I'm in the goddamn crosswalk. You know, I've, I've done, you know, off color stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it happens. But There's certain things I can't take, you know what I'm saying? You can't spit on me and you really shouldn't put up your middle finger to me. It just does something to me. And then if you ever call me the N word, I don't even like the N word coming out of black people's mouths, but when it come out of a white person's mouth, Oh my gosh, you just committed suicide, you motherfucker. Yeah. So but I but I digress. We'll probably talk more about that on Saturday along with um Yeah, Saturday. But speaking oh, of suicide, geez. let's talk about these Democrats and Republicans. It's like what? I'll put it like this. It's not that far off, though. Because, I mean, the Democrats are just pretty much just... Man, stop stuttering, man. The only get reason it, get, it, get it together, man. Stop stuttering. <laughs> the, the only reason why <laughs> you figure... Uh, <laughs> what? Bro, uh, what? You... Go ahead, Merce. I think you got the floor cleared now. <laughs> I hope you I was did. Say, I put it like this. I, I, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, so, so forgive me here, Blue, but when you talk about uh, political parties committing suicide, right, you figure for the Democrats, it would just be so easy to win the election. All you gotta do is just be for the people. And that's it. It's done. The election's over. I know it's only May, it's barely June, but it would be over. I mean, you got Mitch McConnell right now talking about we're trying to end unemployment benefits. What? How could you not beat people like that? But uh, Democrats are self-destructing. Let me put it like this, okay? Um, skipping ahead a little bit, so forgive me here, Blue, because I know you probably already had the slides in order. Bernie Sanders had 2.2 million individual donors, right? So 2.2 million people gave money to Bernie Sanders during the course of the election, right? How, how, I'll, I'll let you guys guess, how much of a percent of that number do you think gave money to Joe Biden? Just put, just give it to me in the, in the percentage. Five. What percentage? 50%, 50%. 5%. Wait. Way too high. No blue. more than ten. Uh, Mercedes, what do you say? I was gonna say around about one point five. What was one point five? Actually, uh, um, and oh, at first you said five percent. 
you guys are like bookending it. Uh, 2.7%. Yeah, no more than So out of... So mm, out yeah. of the... Out okay. of the... Yeah, I know uh, what the more than Bernie said... 2.7%. And I had to do the math on it, and I'm not so good with the math. I had to double and triple check it on such a simple oh, equation, because well, I was kind of like, really? Of I thought it'd be more than that. Maybe uh, his, his well, people, put it like his this. people don't I mean, need more. Like, you know, Bernie's, yeah, he might have $2.2, $10 a piece, $20 million, you know, versus Biden, two, let's say the $2.2 uh, 2 million is uh, 200, uh, 200, 230000 220000 Then maybe those people that give like $100, and then that's still equal same, you know what I'm saying? Well, it's not about the amount that they give, because Bernie Sanders, it's small dollar donations, Right. The feature about Bernie Sanders is that a lot of his people, like I've given Bernie about maybe altogether, not a lot of money, like 50 bucks altogether that I've given to Bernie Sanders. So I'm not like a huge donor, but what a lot of people were doing during the campaign is that they were, they had reoccurring donations. So they had it set. So every time they get paid, a little bit of money goes to Bernie. You know, so I don't know how many of those 2.2 million were reoccurring, but he had, but he had, uh, he had reoccurring payments. You know, I don't know what percentage of it, but you figure out of 2.2 million Bernie donors, only 60,000 donated to Joe Biden, you know? And I was, and at first I was like, when I, when I did the, when I did the math, I was like 27%, that's not bad. And I was like, no, that's, that's oh, not 60,000 out of 2.2 million. That's not 2.75, that's more like 0. 0.8. Yeah, do the math. I had, I had to do it a couple of times because because at first I was like I thought it was twenty seven percent. I'm like no, that's two point seven percent. I got my decimals wrong. But what it is, it's basically when you when you listen to when I listen to my neoliberal friends and I listen to MSNBC and all that stuff when I watch clips because I don't actually watch MSNBC. But they're basically their whole thing, especially the ones on Twitter. Jesus Christ, they're just like well you know. Uh, they're like, well, the progressives are, are rallying behind Joe Biden. Why aren't you? You know, and they're really not. <laughs> they're really not rallying behind Joe like that. You know, it, it's a wholesale. And in a way, I can't be mad that Biden is trying to court the suburban wine moms and the uh, and the uh, the never Trumpers. Yeah, I'm trying to court the suburban wine moms. You know what I'm saying? All you need is wine. <laughs> you don't need much else. <laughs> I, I, it's funny how I take a, a goofy political term and just make it literal. Like they're all just drinking wine. Like, all, like all, they're all getting day drunk with their kids in the strollers. <laughs> so, Dude, I go to these soccer I mean, games. That's exactly what they're doing. They got so I got to be a soccer mom to drink wine because I drink wine all day for no <laughs> Just to drink it to <laughs> I need uh, to be a soccer mom. Who, who, who y'all thought I was talking about, son? I do have a, I do have but, a football team over here, so I'm fine. But you figure Biden is actually, and somebody was talking about this the other day, that Biden could be in real trouble because Americans have short memories. We don't have long memories. I mean, progressives do, but it doesn't always it doesn't always serve our interests because we hold grudges. <laughs> we don't let shit go. But Americans only really worry about what happened to them yesterday. That's why they have, what do they call it? The October surprise? 
You know what I mean? Like they, if something bad happens, they'll just go ahead and just, yeah, we're just gonna spring it in October, like late October, because the people will remember it going into election day. Because if they talk about it in, in July or August, they're gonna forget about it by November. Because we have short memories, you know? And you figure right now, Joe Biden is leading in all the polls handily. Why? Because the economy's tanking. Why is the economy tanking? Because Donald Trump is a moron, okay? He's a, he's an evil moron who listens to his doofus son-in-law. Like a lot of the missteps that Trump did is because he listened to Jared Kushner, the, the, the bar mitzvah boy. He always looks like he just finished completing his bar mitzvah. Like he's a man now, you know? Or he looks like a mannequin that came to life. And then they just put him in a little suit, you know? He doesn't look like somebody who should be, who you should be taking advice from but he doesn't really trust a lot of people, you know? And he doesn't like to listen to a lot of people. Like anybody who ever tells Trump what to do, they eventually get fired, you know? So the economy is tanking and it's basically Trump's fault. I don't care what any, I mean, it's not even my opinion. All the evidence is out there. People have put together uh, day by day <laughs> stuff about how Trump screwed this up. How Trump had the information, like, like we talked about before, the reason why it's called COVID-19 is because it was discovered in 2019. So they knew about this last year, and they still managed to screw it up. And because the economy is tanking, Joe Biden is getting a bump. The problem with that is Joe Biden doesn't do anything. In the states that he won, did he even campaign? Did he even show up in those states? No. So... If the economy goes on an upswing, let's just say by August, the economy rebounds and people are going back to work and people, you know, what's going to happen to Joe Biden? Then they'll be like, hey, Joe Biden, uh, the economy's rebounding. What's your plan against Trump? Because uh, he didn't have anything. All my neoliberal friends, when I ask them, hey, what's Joe Biden's platform? They don't know. They have no clue what Joe Biden's platform is because he doesn't have one. I watched the other day, I watched a video the other day where I was like really, really frustrated about, <sighs> it was a very clear question to me um, where the woman asked, like, what are you going to do now that like in retro, basically the sum of it was, in retrospect, we know that the crime bill was fucked up. So what are you going to do to rectify it for the black and brown people who were dis disproportionately affected from it? Um, this motherfucker did not answer the question. He basically went on the defense and talked about why he voted for it at the time and like talked about some of the other things that were a part of that bill that were good things. But it, it just didn't answer the question. I was just like, there's your fucking chance like just answer the fucking question and it just was it was no answer to it and i was just like this motherfucker ain't talking about nothing i can't with him yeah that'd be like if the opposing pitcher told you i'm just gonna throw it right down the middle of the plate all you gotta do is just smack it over the fence like bad in practice and you still strike out matter of fact you don't even swing you just get caught looking like you just stand there with the bat on your shoulder and it's like strike three and you're just like oh 
That's a that's a sound I associate most with Joe Biden. Because uh, that's that's all that's in his head. His brain's a spaghetti right now. He doesn't know what he's doing. What can I say to sound cooler than Obama? Since I'm riding his dick so hard. Basically, I mean, put it like this. I'll tell you why Joe Biden is so cocky, okay? If you look back, I pulled this from uh, New York Times, right? Their, um, their exit polls, right? From 1972 all the way to 2016, right? The black vote, okay? And forgive me if I, if I, you know, I was supposed to go back and find out who ran against Nixon in 72 and I forgot to put it in my notes. Cause I, I could I could see his face in my mind and I can't think of his name. But Nixon blew him out in 72. Like he, I, I think this dude lost almost every state including his own home state, you know? But I think it was, was it George McGovern? I think it was George McGovern. Nixon blew him out in 72, but um, McGovern still managed to get 82% of the black vote, okay? 76, Jimmy Carter, 83% of the black vote. Uh, Reagan in, actually Reagan in 1980 got uh, 85%, I mean, not Reagan, I'm sorry. Uh, who ran in 1980 against, oh, uh, Jimmy Carter ran against him in 80 and lost, but he got 85% of the black vote. 84, Walter Mondale ran, got 90% of the black vote, okay? 88, um, Michael Dukakis ran against George Bush, 86% of the black vote. Um, Bill Clinton in 92 and 96, 86 and, no, I'm sorry, uh, 83 and 84% respectively of the black vote, okay? 2000, uh, what was it? Al Gore, 90% of the black vote. John Kerry, 88% of the black vote. Um, Obama, 95 and then 93% of the black vote. Hillary got 88%. Okay? So you figure uh, from 1972 on, no Democrat ever got less than 82% of the black vote. That's why Democrats are so cocky about the black vote. That's why uh, Joe Biden could go on Charlemagne the God and tell you who's black and who's not black. Yeah, that was arrogant and ridiculous. Yeah, because in his mind, black people just vote Republican. I mean, they just vote Democrat, and that's that it. Is, it's the truth. Yeah, it's all in the numbers, you know. So, but the problem is, as Charlemagne said on Joanne Reed's show, Joanne Reed, I'm, I'm mad at her. I'm mad at Joanne Reed because I wanted to be mad at her. And she didn't give me a reason to be mad at her because she was actually, she wasn't great, but she was reasonable when she was talking with Charlemagne afterwards, after the whole Joe Biden debacle, they were talking about, uh, you know, Joe Biden's comments and she wasn't her usual tap dancing self. And I was, and when I, when I talked about the minstrel show, I was waiting waiting for Joanne Reed to say something stupid. And she didn't say anything stupid. Now, Simone Sanders, on the other hand, tippity-tappity-tippity-tappity-tippity-tappity-tappity. She was, she was save on glovering it out there. Talk about, oh, you know, Joe Biden, he was just kidding. Ho, ho. Shut the fuck up, Simone Sanders, you jackass. 
You know good and goddamn well he wasn't joking. Oh, watch the language. Our executive producer, Charles the Saint, has popped in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's going on, Charles? But, um... And I'm pretty sure Joe Biden's going to get at least 85% of the black vote. At least. I mean, there's no way he's not going to get that. But the problem is, people are starting to get a little bit more demanding. And we're I mean, like, who are they hey, gonna, it's all, you know, a lot of people have, they prescribe to the lesser of two evils argument. And you can't be mad at them. If there's only those two choices, you have no choice if you go with that argument to go with Biden. So, yeah. That's what it's going to be. Until we get a respectable Republican and a respectable Democrat, then maybe we can finally make a, a good choice and actually switch back to the party that supported us the most in our time in America since the 1600s, and that's the Republicans. Nah. <laughs> you know what Dude, I'm saying? you got to no, think. Let's be honest, no, no, man. No, no, look, no. Look, look, look. Republicans was it all up until, what, the 50s, maybe? Nah, you, you know what I'm saying no to? I'm not, I'm not saying nah to the, the basis of what you're saying. Just the part where you said that we're going to get a respectable Democrat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, respect. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But what what if, like, our homie, Namashina um, Burns, what if she decides to go Republican? I can see her making a big impact with that. Because I truly would want a smaller government. I want the government to have less influence on my life. And that's what the Republicans supposedly are about, right? No, no. Republicans are not about ah, small government. Ah, no, Republicans say they're about small government until they need a check. And when they need a check, then they want the government to be as big as they can, you know, they want the government to be nice and big until that check clears. Because all these, all these goofy-ass rednecks and all these survivalists and all these people who are out there who are just like, you know, keep your government hands off my health care, they'll change their name to Venezuela if it means they're going to get a stimulus check. So they're all full of shit, okay? They're all about control. They're not about big government or small government. They're all about control. And they want to be the ones in control. So they're the ones who could tell a woman when they can, ha when they can and can't have sex, when they can and can't have an abortion. But uh, when it comes to, you know, telling them to stay inside so they don't affect other people, that's when they get a little, you know, that's when they get a little punchy. You know. Let's talk about what else Republicans are up to. Uh, I, I will say this: Republicans hate California. They can't stand California because California is basically mostly uh, Democrat. You know, they're a blue state and they're worth a ton of electoral votes, right? So Republicans get rid are- of that bullshit. Man, I can't fucking stand the electoral college. Fuck them hoes. That's I mean- Slave shit, you know what I'm saying? It basically is. It was basically made so that uh, slave owning states can have a bigger stake in the elections because they were not very populous and slaves are only worth, what, three-fifths of a person? And that, that was the compromise? They wanted to count slaves as an individual person even though they had no other rights. And the compromise was they could be three-fifths of a person as far as population for representation, which when you think about it, it's pretty fucked up, <laughs> you know? But um, this is from uh, CNN, okay? Uh, Bear with me, it's going to be a little bit of reading here, okay? 
The Republican National Committee and other Republican groups have filed a lawsuit against California to stop the state from mailing absentee ballots to all voters ahead of the 2020 general election, a move that was made in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Real quick, everybody has mail-in ballots, okay? Mail-in ballots are yep. not something they just made up because of the it's, pandemic. It's actually something my father uses because he's usually in Ghana around election time. The time yes. of year, so he always mails in for big mm-hmm. elections. Yeah, soldiers use mail-in ballots. People who work out of state use mail-in ballots. Students use mail-in ballots if they're not registered at their college. Okay, so mail-in ballots are, have always been a thing, and mail-in ballots are actually safer than provisional ballots because mail-in ballots go straight to the municipal office. You know what I mean? So it's not like so they're actually safer that way with mail-in ballots. So uh, to continue, the suit comes after California Governor Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, announced this month that his state would move to encourage all voters to cast their ballots by mail in November, the most widespread expansion of vote by mail that has been announced as a result of the pandemic and in the nation's most populous state. Keep one thing in mind, okay? It's not about California itself. You really think the Republicans are gonna win California? Even with low turnout, no. California right now is a is a, a a firewall, if you want to call it that. And I hate using that term firewall because all our firewalls fell in 2016. Okay, because Hillary sucks. So I hate using the term firewall as far as in electoral politics. But California is not going to flip. People talk about oh Texas is going to turn blue. No, they're not at least not in my lifetime. So let's kill that noise for now. But what they don't want is they don't want other states to catch on to this. They don't want other states to start doing, hey, oh, California's gonna balance everybody, maybe we should do that. And if if the most popular state in the union can just send out ballots to all their people, then a state like Montana or Wyoming, or um, I don't know, South Carolina could do it. You know, and then you know, all I the people. saw a post from, uh, I'm sorry, real quick. I was just going to say, hmm? I saw a post from a social media friend who posted, we the people vote no to vote by mail. Um, and I'm like, but why? And somebody asked, like somebody asked that question. Um, and to be honest, this is somebody that's going to be most likely unfriended because I've just made an executive decision where I'm not going to be entertaining uh, people who stance I don't really know. If I don't know where you stand on Black Lives Matter and you're white, I'm not gonna be your friend on social media, period. Um, so she's like kind of at the top of that list anyway for that. But um, yeah, it was basically the post was like, yeah, uh, yeah, vote no. And somebody asked like, well, why? And she hasn't responded yet. I'm really curious, like, what the fuck is the objection other than what you're getting at, which is yeah, they don't want people to catch on. Yeah. yeah. Because it's been a proven fact that whenever voter turnout is low, Republicans usually win. And whenever voter turnout is high, Democrats usually win. Why? Because Democrats usually, if there's a good candidate, they usually bring out people who don't normally vote. That was one of Bernie Sanders' strengths, and unfortunately it didn't help him in this election. You know, he got... He got kneecapped out there. But one of the things that Bernie Sanders was really good at doing 
was getting people who don't normally vote, people who were disillusioned with the system, to come out and vote. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of his strengths. And like I said, it didn't help him. But now, you know, Biden you know, is true. Biden was they're, they're, they're trying to harness that for their election, and it's not really working out so well. But they don't want people to be involved in the system. They want to keep people discouraged. Now, I know I, my friends are always getting on me because I've made it quite clear that Biden's not getting my vote, but I am going to vote down ticket. That's for damn sure. You know? So Dude, you pull that bullshit you pulled in 2016. I'm going to come to carry and beat your ass. I'll, 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 get, I'll tell you what, Blue. I'll give you the address and I'll leave my door open because I ain't voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> then prepare your ass I'll, for I'll an ass whooping. You got six I'll, I'll months to get I'll, your shit in shape and you get fight ready. <laughs> it's no, on and popping. And I'm putting this bitch. I'm not Go with Joe's ass. I say you need to take that energy to Joe's door. I'm taking it to Mercer door. To, I can. Be, I know where Mercer know lives at. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna. Nobody gonna kick my. Ain't gonna arrest me for beating Mercer's ass. I get probably killed for messing with Biden. He was like Mercer ain't got no secret service. <laughs> I can get the Mercer. I can't get the Joe. Oh, <laughs> um, he ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> all right, sit right there. You forget, man. Y'all must forgot. Sit no. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I, I'll put it like this, okay? Yes, the Democrats are terrible. Democratic leadership is nothing more than horrors for the corporations. But Republicans are far worse. And like I said, the only reason that the Republicans hold public office is through cheating. Why is Brian Kemp the governor of Georgia? Because he cheated his ass off. And did Republicans come back and say, well, what Brian did was wrong? No. They kept their mouth shut about it, right? I'm pretty sure a lot of them are trying to run for uh, Secretary of State in their state so they can go ahead and just purge thousands and thousands of minority uh, ballots, minority voters off the rolls so they can win elections. I'm pretty sure that's happening right now. Republicans constantly pass voter ID laws to make it harder for minorities to vote. And then they go as far as to limit early voting, which they did in North Carolina. Uh, Close polling places and then closed DMVs where folks in rural areas would go to get the very ID that they need to vote. So the only reason why Republicans are against vote by mail is because they don't want people who normally don't vote having means to vote. So if you're out in some if you're out someplace rural in Georgia, right, and you can't get to a polling place because they close all the polling places in your area. Oh, now a poll uh, ballot has come in the mail. All you gotta do is fill it out and put it in the mailbox, and now you voted. That's what they don't want. They don't want the people who they've disenfranchised to get involved in the political process. That's all that is. So they can talk all the all the horse shit they want about, oh, it's an illegal power grab. It's a disaster. That's their actual quote. I'm like, but how? Is that a recipe for disaster? They won't say. It's just hyperbole to make people think that, oh, voting by mail is bad. Like, all these friends, like, you know, that it's a, a, a bad thing. I'm like, you guys have got to be the most anti-American folks I've ever seen in my life. Because if you're against people voting, there's not much more anti-voting, I mean, anti-American than that, than being against voting. 
you know. And I'm not talking about, I mean, people like, yes, people may get on people who don't want to vote. But I mean, to take away their right to vote, that's a different matter altogether, you know. I, I will say this, I, I, I just jumping subjects, I got lucky. I was on Amazon. I was trying to find, uh, I, I bought masks, like the disposable ones, but I wanted to get one of those reusable ones, the ones with the filters. Yeah. And, and then it was kind of confusing because it was just like, well, I've, I've been hearing about N95 and then like N97. And I was like, what's the difference between N95 and N97? I was asking my friends. And one of them, uh, her husband was selling, uh, was selling masks, right? Was selling the, uh, they had N95 masks and they're actually gonna, and she's not gonna charge me, she's gonna send me some. And I, I actually, like, I just got some that I ordered the other day and you know they came from China. So first thing I did was put it in the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> I do not blame you. I, I, I don't know where my mask came from. I don't think they came from China, but I'm pretty sure they came from someplace in Asia because it took forever for it to get to me. Yeah. And then something else I ordered that ended up coming from China didn't even pass customs. So they gave me my money back. Yeah, wow. that happened a couple of things I had, yo. I was like, whoo, thank goodness, because I needed that money back. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, my, my, um, realtor that sold me this house or worked with me to purchase the house uh she actually sent like masks in the mail and just said like courtesy there was a sticker on it that said courtesy of her name courtesy of teresa Pitt. Okay. and i was like huh okay that's good branding why not and it's like it's one of the disposable ones so okay uh, i'll tell you one thing here here's how cheap i am they finally had hand sanitizer in my supermarket but in an end cap right at the beginning of the store, but it was like a quart of hand sanitizer, like a giant bottle of hand sanitizer for like $18. I'm like, I just need a little thing of hand sanitizer so I could just put on my on my bathroom sink or put on my desk when I'm at work and just squirt a little bit. I mean, you don't need a whole, I mean, it's not like lotion. You don't need that much hand sanitizer to, to sanitize your hands, you know? But I, I it's, it's kind of crazy, but I mean, we were talking before about Trump's response to coronavirus, right? Coronavirus is, I think, and when I when I put that up there, when I really wrote it for Blue, I said it nears a hundred thousand. So when I was writing the show uh, yesterday, they were at ninety-eight thousand deaths, right? Today, I believe it passed a hundred thousand. So there are now one hundred thousand coronavirus deaths in the in the United States alone. That is approximately 33.5 September 11th. Dude, you supposed to give me the update. You got my slide looking all funky now. I got my notes looking funky. I still had 98,000 on my notes. <laughs> you know? So it, it's... Anybody who says at this point that all this happening now is not coming out is just... They're just stupid. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. Cause it's all right there. Okay? You figure, now let me ask you a question. Uh, well, not a question, but I'll also say this. Anybody who thought that even if Trump acted quickly, that there wouldn't be at least 10 or 20,000 deaths, that would also be stupid. Somebody was taking a cutback on this. This is a extremely, it's an extremely deadly, extremely, uh, I mean, 
two people in the same room, like put it like this. If I had coronavirus, right? If I was an asymptomatic and I walk into a restaurant that had 30 people in it, right? Just walking from, you know, from the door to the cash register, to my table, to the bathroom, I'm probably gonna infect at least 15 to 20 of those people, right? It's an extremely uh, communicable disease, right? There's no way to, there's no way that we we're going to get out of this unscathed. No way. But a uh, hundred thousand people. We have dude, what? Dude, 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 dude. <laughs> the flu has killed more people this year than the coronavirus. So why are we still? That is absolutely not true. You a lie? You a motherfucking lie? That is absolutely not true. Man, I'm gonna show. Hold on, let me pull these numbers right now. Put throw it, cause cause numbers lie, people don't lie. What is it? Hold on, numbers don't lie, motherfucking bitches in the hole. <laughs> people lie, bitches lie, pimps lie. Numbers don't. But pimps, pimps, pimp, black men don't cheat. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have people. You had Trump actually comparing coronavirus. To the flu, right? Now we're a hundred thousand deaths in the hole. You know, uh, what was it? The, the Washington, either Washington Post or New York Times started printing the names of the people that died. They had an entire page filled in small print, and I think there was only a thousand people. So you're talking about a hundred thousand people that have died because of coronavirus, right? And what's Trump doing about it? He's playing golf. Damn, now son, you told the truth. You beat me on this one. Fuck. <laughs> Only 20,000 died. Fuck, man. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know. Thought, thought like, oh, that's not, that's not good enough. No, I mean, fuck like I was wrong. On 56, <laughs> they said 39 million. Between 39 million and 56 million caught it, though. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people every year get the flu. I, I had the flu earlier this year, you know? I get it every year, and and I'll and I'll say this: I got the flu this year, and I got a flu shot. You know, but then again, I am diabetic. I don't even know why you even play yourself. You, that shit don't ever cure the time, the type of virus that's out at the time. You, dude, it's, it's pointless to get. And you know what though? Next time you go and get one, I want you to ask me that. Can you please give me the ingredients of this virus? Ingredients have to be for everything I eat on. I think I should definitely have some notion of the ingredients in something I inject in my body, ho. I, I do not want to know, because if I know what's in it, I'm not going to take it. If he tells me a bunch of stuff I can't pronounce, I'm going to be like, you know what? Get that needle away from me. I'll take my chances. No, that's not true. But, I mean, my doctor was, I mean, it was basically just like, he was like, have you had your flu shot this year? And I was like, no. And I was like, well, you're going to get a flu shot now. And they just gave me a flu shot. And I'd be what? like, ho, you ain't gonna just be sticking stuff in me. It's like, you his bitch. You ever, you got this dick before, baby? No, I didn't. Well, here it is now. I don't think that's how that goes. You know, you know that's not the same. That's not the same thing? <laughs> it's not. It's such a stretch. Did you hurt your back? <laughs> no, I, had a, I, I had a flashback. I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I, I will say this, though, right? There were some experts who were saying that, I mean, like I said, we were gonna take, we were gonna, we were gonna take a cut back no matter what on this because it's highly contagious and an airborne disease in a country filled with dumb people 
who don't want to take things seriously, yeah, we were going to take a cutback no matter what we did. But there were experts that were saying that if Trump had acted sooner, had acted like he was supposed to. Uh, and not actually dismantled the task force that was able to handle this. Exactly. Out of spite. They could have saved more than 40,000 lives if they had done that. You know, you know like I said, we, and, and maybe we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have almost, well, about 36 million in the last count uh, filed for unemployment. And we're talking about in the space of six weeks. So to have that, that's the Great Depression numbers, to have that many people out of work in such a short amount of time. You know. So, uh, uh, it's hard to talk about it because it's unfathomable, you know, that we have a president that just does not care about anybody or anything. And people will come out there and lie for him and get paid for it. Like his press secretary, uh, I don't know, Meth Barbie or whatever the fuck her name is, I don't know. I, I, I didn't care enough to learn her name, his current press secretary. But she actually said, when they were talking about Donald Trump committing slander, when he was talking about what he said about uh, Joe Scarborough and that conspiracy theory that keeps popping up, you know what she said? She said that it was slander that they keep saying that Donald Trump is responsible for 100,000 deaths. Uh, it's not slander if it's true. Not to mention, it's by his own logic that's true. Yeah. In his own tweets from several years ago. Yeah. Or or, or better yet, uh, he's basically lying and saying he's taking hydroxychloroquine, if I pronounce that right. And you know he's not taking it. Because he'd probably be dead by now if he was taking it. It's not really for uh, COVID-19. It's really for lupus patients. You know? Well, Dan, don't he look like a lupus steak patient? <laughs> he looks loopy, I'll tell you that much. I mean, he he always looks confused. He's always he's looked like, he always looks like he doesn't get enough oxygen. He just looks like... I, I, one day he's going to be on a podium, he's going to collapse and die, and I'm just going to be like, yeah, I've I seen that coming. He doesn't look, I mean, he's never looked healthy, but he really just looks unhealthy right now. So maybe he is taking the hydroxychloroquine. I don't know. You know, but it's just really, it's really sad that America in general is not taking this seriously enough. And I swear to God, if these deaths hit like 150 or 200,000 in the next couple of months, I, I have no clue what's, what's, what's going on out there, but it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Like, it's like those people have been saying lately about America. America is basically a third world country wearing the Gucci belt. That's all we are, you know? This, this virus exposed us, our whole economy as a house of cards, you know? And leadership on both sides are doing nothing about it. Pelosi's not doing shit about it. Trump's not doing shit about it. McConnell's not doing shit about it. All they're doing is just shoveling money up to the top. You know, and then have the nerd be like, well, we're going to cut off these unemployment benefits for you poor fucks. Like, mm, you know, put it like this, okay? Someone like Nancy Pelosi, right? She's been in office for 30 years. She's never had a serious challenger, right? She has a 
a primary challenger, a man named uh, Shahad Buttar, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Okay. Nancy Pelosi, uh, she's her district is San Francisco. Okay. And like I said, she's been doing this for 30 years. And basically, Nancy Pelosi is basically the queen of the photo op. You know, everybody will forget. And and Nancy Pelosi fans are so they're like, you remember what was that movie? Uh, where the dog had that call that let him talk, mm-hmm. and the dog would be talking to you. And all of a sudden, the dog would be like, Squirrel! and then you just keep on talking. That's basically Nancy Pelosi fans because they'll be sitting there talking about you, and they'll be like, photo op, and then just keep talking. Like that's all they care about when it comes to Pelosi is her next photo op or her next, or she'll call Trump fat. And they're like, ooh, she called Trump fat. There's fighting words. Meanwhile, she gives Trump everything he wants. She's she's writing plans where she's taking out uh, paycheck protection plans out of her bills, but she's putting in provisions to give lobbyists money. So now lobbyists can bribe uh, politicians with our money. See how that works? And nobody stands up to people like Nancy Pelosi. So Shahar Buttar is basically fighting an uphill battle, but he finally got himself a high-profile um, endorsement in Marianne Williamson. And I know pe- what people are thinking, her? Like, who's that I will, bitch? Yeah, exactly. I, I will say this. I'm a believer now because I had my jokes about Marianne Williamson. You know, she was one of Oprah's uh, spiritual advisors, right? Something right, like that. that bitch, yeah. And I, I've made my jokes about Marianne, about the moonbeams and the crystals and the unicorns and the puppies and all that other shit. But I've been following her. I follow her on Twitter. And she knows what she's talking about, you know? And, and I'll, I will say this, based on what I know now, maybe not what I knew three months ago, but what I, what I know now, if Bernie Sanders was not in the race, and everybody else who ran was still in the race, but without Bernie, she'd probably get my vote. You know? So this is from The Independent, okay? Uh, a video posted on Instagram, Miss Williamson made clear that she respects Miss Pelosi's achievements, which she said have really paved the way in, a profound, in profound ways for women such as myself. Don't forget, Nancy Pelosi was the first, I believe, the first female speaker of the house, right? She said, but, that she has become very, very concerned with the corporate direction of the party, okay? And she says, we need to take a strong stand for the progressive vision that many of us feel is absolutely essential, not only for the future of our country, but also for this next election, said Ms. Williamson. And as a consequence, I am now endorsing Shahid Buttar for the congressional seat in the San Francisco district where Nancy Pelosi now serves. Ms. Pelosi, who represents California's solidly uh, Democratic 25th District, has not faced a serious electoral opposition in years. However, because California holds open primaries in which the two top contenders face off in the November election, she's now being challenged by another Democrat in the form of Mr. Buttar, in a constitution, who is a constitutional lawyer and a staunch progressive. Now, here's the thing I want you to realize, okay? Uh, when they had their um, their primary, Nancy Pelosi got 74% of the vote. In their March 3rd primary, Shahad Buttar only got uh, 13%. So you figure that's not gonna be a very compelling race. But it says the left-wing challenger will be able to ride a wave of progressive discontent with the party's establishment following Bernie Sanders' loss to Joe Biden in the state, okay? 
Now, here's my thing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They didn't mean that he, I mean, Joe, I mean, Bernie Sanders won California, but they're talking about how, I mean, Bernie Sanders lost overall. Didn't sit well with people in California. So here's the thing about that, right? A lot of people are pissed at Nancy Pelosi, right? But the problem with Nancy Pelosi is she is a Democratic leadership. So she has the power to stifle progressives at every twist and turn. So you have people like AOC and Bernie Sanders who feel like they have to kind of do her, do her dance in order to get something done. But what AOC didn't realize is that the only way to get something done in a case like this is to be on the outside and force your energy from outside the way the Tea Party did. When did the Tea Party become obsolete? We talked about this last week. When they when they became part of the machine, they started. You know, it, you know what it's kind of like. It's kind of like in those movies we have the drug dealer, right? And he's like, you know, you never get high on your own supply. And by the end of the movie, he's snorting coke, he's he's screwing hookers, he's not doing his co-assignments. And next thing you know, they shoot him in the back of the head in an alley. You know, and that's basically what happened to the Tea Party. They're dead in the back of an, they're dead in the back of an alley with the back of their brains blown out and coke dust on their nose because they became part of the machine. When they were on the outside, they had uh, what's his name, John Boehner. They had him on a run. He practically retired because of them. And that's what that's where AOC was most powerful when she was on the outside, right? Now here's the thing: was she going to get a lot of bills passed? Not really, but. Was she going to put the pressure on them and, and help get more progressives in uh, in Congress? Yeah. Because she was inspiring a lot of people to run that normally would not have run. So here's the thing. Is Shahar Batar going to win? No, absolutely not. But can he put the screws to Nancy Pelosi? I think he can. You know, because put it like this. When they run again in, uh, in, in November, I don't think it's going to be a 74 to 13 victory. You understand? I think it's going to be a lot closer than people would think. Because hmm. a lot of people are really sick of Nancy Pelosi and her, and her fact that she's not doing anything to help the people. Those bills that she passed were horrible. They barely did anything to help people. Canada's getting $2,000 a month until the, until the pandemic is over. And then they're going to get money for a couple months after that to help them get on their feet. What do we get? One $1,200 check? And they can't, even decide on, they can't even decide on the HEROES Act. They passed with the House, but nothing yeah. more? Yeah. 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 I mean, McConnell is not even going to, he's probably not even going to look at it. You know? And the, the, the thing is, all my neoliberal friends, they think that Nancy Pelosi is playing three-dimensional chess and the rest of us are playing checkers on a board with no checkers on it. And every time that Nancy Pelosi pulls some bullshit like she did with the Heroes Act and all the other stuff, it's just all crickets. All crickets. So I, I'm, I'm, I'll put it like this. If I, if I come across an extra couple of bucks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to donate to uh, Shahar Buttar's campaign. Even if it's only ten dollars, I'm gonna I'm gonna donate. So if he so if in the off 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 chance that he wins, I could say I was a part of that, and I want to give extra props to Marianne Williamson for uh, 
going against Pelosi on this because I'm pretty sure she's going to run again, right? So I'm pretty sure this is not going to be her last time running for running for office. I'm pretty sure she's going to run again, you know? And I think it's time that progressives really start to really organize and really stick together. The ones who are trying to run and get into office and the ones who are already in office to just stop playing patty cake with Nancy Pelosi and really challenge her, you know? But the thing is with Bernie, you know, is he actually cares what people think. And sometimes that's good in politics, most times it's not. Because Bernie doesn't want to be seen, I mean, I'm pretty sure that all the time where he was told that he hurt Hillary, you know, that he that he's the reason why Hillary lost, you know? I'm pretty sure that does hurt him because he's actually a kind-hearted person, you know? So, I mean, you saw how Whoopi Goldberg was with him when, when he was on The View, right? He's like, well, why are you still in the race? Why are you still in the race? Nah, 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 nah. Shut the fuck up, Whoopi, jackass. The question they should be asking is, why is Joe Biden in the race? Joe Biden should be home trying to hold on to the last of his memories before, he, before his brains turned to melted ice cream. He should not be running for president. You know, that's, that's, that's just the long and short of it. But I think that, I mean, I'm hoping that more people, uh, progressive pundits, uh, I mean, there are a lot of progressive pundits like Humanist Report who actually have them on the show. Um, young, uh, I forgot her name from the Young Turks, but she did a nice, she did a nice long interview with him and they were answering people's questions and stuff like that. So he, he may get a little bit of steam and he may actually get a little bit of shine. And I, I figure like this, if he can somehow get 40% of the vote in California, I think he could take her all in, in 20, uh, when she runs again in 2022. So I, like I said, I don't think Shahad Buttar is going to win, but I want him to do very well. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, um, and like I said, that's that's my fault, Blue. I went out of order. I think we talked about Joe Biden in the in the black vote already. But I will I will say one thing before we go because we're almost out of time. Uh, and I guess we may as well leave that unless you have one about the Joe Biden versus Amazon. Um, I anything about no Amazon? Run that. Okay. I'm I'm basically a, a, the world's biggest hypocrite. Because I was just telling him before the show started. You're a fucking asshole. I'm an asshole. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I resemble that remark. And um, I hate Jeff Bezos. I think he's just an animated nutsack for the way he treats his people. You know, A very he, rich animated nutsack. I'll gobble those nuts for a trillion dollars. <laughs> what I the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, but you figure it like this, right? Joe Biden is one of those people who he like he, he like they said he wants to be cool like Bernie Sanders because Bernie I follow Bernie on Twitter and he always says Bernie ain't cool Bernie's a motherfucking get the fuck out of here what the fuck's cool about Bernie I don't know he reminds me of one of those cartoon characters I can't Mr McGoo yo what the fuck yo <laughs> All right, his his platform is cool. <laughs> we'll just say yeah, it like that. You're stretching your luck. <laughs> I'm on my own on that one. If Bernie Sanders cool, huh? But um, Joe Biden had a tweet, and he said, "I said it before, and I'll say it again. 
No company pulling in billions of dollars in profit should pay a lower tax rate than firefighters and teachers. Let me tell you something about Joe Biden. He's never said that. Okay? Joe Biden is basically like a subsidiary of the banks. So he's never said anything like that before. Talk about, I said it before and I'll say it again. That's his dementia talking. If that wasn't written by one of his people who handles his Twitter account, he definitely has dementia if he thinks that he's ever said anything like that before. But Amazon came back with a response. Amazon said, we pay every cent owed. You spent three decades in the Senate and know that Congress wrote these tax laws to encourage companies to invest in the U.S. economy. He says, we have 500,000 jobs with a minimum wage of $15 an hour across 40 states. Assume your complaints with the tax code, not Amazon. Okay? I'm going to tell you why Amazon is full of shit. Okay? Uh, the Stop Bezos Act, right? The Stop Bezos Act was uh, written by, uh, I forgot who co-authored it, but Bernie Sanders was a part of it. And here's, and here, here's the, the short version of it. This bill amends the Internal Revenue Code to impose a tax on large employers whose employees receive certain federal benefits during the year. A large employer is an employer who employed an average of at least 500 employees on business days during the preceding year. The tax is equal to the benefits that the employees receive under, under SNAP, school lunch and breakfast programs, uh, Section 8 of the United States Housing Act, and Medicaid. And this bill also prohibits large employers from asking questions or seeking information about whether a job applicant receives federal benefits. So basically what they're doing is, and uh, Walmart is especially guilty of this, it's basically, if you pay your employees starvation wages, right, to the point where they have to get on uh, public assistance, they are going to charge your company in taxes for the services that they use. Because this is the point where somebody like Benjamin Dixon, he makes a point about billionaires to the point where there's a point where you make, where you create wealth and there's a point where you extract wealth. This is where you're extracting wealth. You're becoming a multi-billionaire, tens of billions of dollars, but yet your employees have to apply for government services because they don't make enough to, big enough to survive and they're full-time workers. So if you work full-time, you shouldn't have to apply for SNAP. You shouldn't have to live in Section 8 housing if you work a full-time job. And then all of a sudden, Amazon decided to act right and pay the, and change their minimum wage to $15 an hour. So that was only back in what, 2017? Amazon's been around since what, the 90s? So with Amazon, uh, you know, they're basically just talking out the side of their ass. When they're talking about like, we, we do this and we do that, y'all don't do shit. Okay. Um, one last thing before we wrap this up. Um, this is from TheVerge.com. Tim Bray, a senior engineer and vice president at Amazon Web Services has quit his job because he was dismayed that the company fired whistleblowers who were trying to draw attention to the dire straits of Amazon warehouse workers. 
He says, uh, remaining an Amazon VP would have meant, in effect, signing off on actions I despised. So I resigned. He says, the victims weren't abstract entities, but real people. Here are some of their names. Courtney Bowden, Gerald Bryson, so on and so forth. You get the point. Uh, and I'm going to skip some of this because we're, we're pretty much out of time. But he says, at the end of the day, it's all about power balances. The warehouse workers are weak and getting weaker. What with mass unemployment and, uh, and job-linked health insurance. So they're going to get treated like crap because capitalism. Any plausible solution has to start with increasing their collective strength. So basically, anybody who's trying to unionize or trying to bring attention to Amazon's uh, internal horseshit, they were getting fired. And one of their VPs was like, I can't be a part of this, and he quit. And, and wrote a blog about it, you know, trying to expose Amazon for what they really are. And then you got jackasses like me who hate Jeff Bezos and hate Amazon, but I ordered water from them today and they delivered it that same day. And I'm just like, God damn, I suck. You know, I ordered two cases of water and they were just like, you want it today? And I was like, word? And they were like, word, son. And, they, and, then, and then they were like, what time do you want me to deliver it? And I was like, between four and six o'clock today. And they showed up at 5.30 and delivered my water. Well, I don't like Amazon either, and I work for them. So, yeah. and, and, and that's part of the thing. It's kind of like working for Walmart. Give me a discount, yo. What's up, yo? Hey. Nah, you don't get discount, bro. <laughs> oh, don't forget Felicia Rivers' new book is out. It's on Amazon, so go ahead and cop that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I mean, you really, it's, it's almost like a love-hate relationship with Amazon. That dude is so rich yeah. and ridiculous. At last count, $144 billion he's worth. I might, like, it, as a, as a delivery this is driver. after a divorce. That's what blows me. Like, damn, this dude got divorced and still doing yeah. them kind of numbers. You know? Because you know that settlement She got, like, $40 billion. Uh, she got like, a lot. I'm about to marry him. <laughs> and Look, what about me? <laughs> I have 153 pesos. <laughs> he didn't even say dollars. He said, pesos. "Oh my god!" <laughs> he, even said, he even said, "I have 153 Iraqi dinar." Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's broke, broke. <laughs> oh man, Odie, what are your final thoughts? Stay your ass home. <laughs> <laughs> I know we just have Memorial Day weekend and all that good stuff, but stay your ass home. Uh, I played it close. I I just set up my, my yard or whatever, you know, for me to enjoy, but it's been raining. If I would have known it was going to do all this raining, I would have waited to put my new rug out. But right now I don't really have a place to sit and entertain myself because it's raining so bad. Yeah. Um, but like a tropical stay your ass home. Like Just stay home. Yeah. Um, Mercedes, what are your final thoughts? I'm on with up. Stay home. Chill out. Ride this wave out until everything is done, said and done with. Um, pretty much it. Oh, and I guess um, <laughs> be careful going out. We gotta new wave of cops killing black people again so 
black men stay in the house? It's uh, it's it's definitely predictable um, when it comes to summertime. I notice like the nicer the weather gets, the more likely people are to be out. Um, and for whatever, that's just that's the cycle. When people are out, black people are out enjoying the weather, enjoying their lives. That's when people want to fuck with us. So yeah. Yeah, stay in the house. Um, yeah, it's, I hate to say it like that, but the situation... It's, it's crazy because we, we already know, though, like, even when you are staying home to protect yourself, who's to say that my neighbor isn't selling drugs and that they're going to bust into my house on accident, on purpose, or whatever the fuck, and then just bust the door down and shoot me anyway. George Floyd so, was writing a check. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for losing. Yeah, that, that guy was writing a check, so that's that's different. But we'll, we'll definitely talk about that on Saturday. No, I was talking about uh, Ta- uh, Tatiana Jefferson oh, okay, okay, and Rihanna. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, you know. true, true. Forgot about that. I mean, but let's so, be honest. I mean, he was writing a check in 2020. Wasn't that like the most suspicious thing ever anyway? No, it was not. We laughing at that, but we still take checks at my job, and I'm just like... I haven't seen a check since 1995. I have well, a checkbook. I, I, I got to write. I have a checkbook right here. I, I can't write money orders anymore because my soup, uh, my uh, my bank uses bots now, and they can't tell the difference between. Odie and Sin, please send me a check. I'd like to see what they look like. I'm gonna make sure I write void on it. Yeah, but it, but basically, whenever I try to get a money order, it thinks I'm trying to buy hundreds of dollars worth of groceries, and it rejects me every month for the last four months. So now I just have to write my apartment complex a check. So. I mean, old people write checks all the time. You know, I see it in retail all the time. So I, I don't see how it's suspicious. I had to write a check the other day for something. And Discover sent me checks out of the blue for free. So I guess they got a warehouse full of checks they don't need. So they just stamp my name on them and send them. But yeah, I, he was doing normal shit. I, I was just, hello, I was just joking. I mean, but I, just, I, just, I personally just haven't seen a check in 20 years, so I was just saying. Not even a payment? Like someone paid you with the check? No, I tell them hoes, they better direct, they better deposit it in my account, they better send it electronically. Um, with the, the ones, you know, the back, the backwards one, like Felicia and all them, I make them PayPal me or Venmo me. Um... 20 years ago, we didn't have that, though. We had PayPal since at least 1999, 2000. Yeah, but that wasn't Maybe. a common way to exchange funds, though. That really wasn't. PayPal was the only thing I used PayPal for once upon a time was eBay. Anytime I would shop on eBay, yeah. I would use PayPal. But I really didn't fuck with it. Yeah. I like person to person. Oh. Um, I've used eBay maybe like twice, but I, I paid by credit card. I didn't do PayPal. I got banned from eBay. I was getting too hooked, boy. I had to Oof, I had, to, I had to get myself, I had to do something evil just to get myself off that bitch. That shit is addicting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ooh. In fact, I'm going to go on there right now. Shit. All right. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring shows such as Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. It's available on all streaming platforms except iHeartRadio, including YouTube. Listen via flip phone or home phone at one 385 7045 And today's sponsor is Sardines LLC, and she'd like to give her a little 30-second commercial break. 
Uh, so yesterday was World Africa Day uh, to recognize, you know, the struggles of the African Union and the work that they've done to unite the continent uh, and move away from colonialism. So yesterday was Travel Tuesday, and of course we recognize all of our African nations. So uh, definitely tune in to O's Odyssey podcast. It's a good episode focused on living in Ghana. So hope you guys check it out. Will do. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I love your intro music. It's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Ricky Rose.